1: Welcome to Coastview, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. And in some cases, we celebrate people who sort of have their roots here, but they're doing incredible things in other places, and that's what today's show is all about. Hey, before, our, before we get to our guests, I just wanted to say a few things. Um, as you know, this show is not about politics, and uh, if you're a regular listener, you really know that. We don't talk about issues very often, unless those issues are critical to coastal Mississippi. One issue that uh, that I spent a lot of time discussing last year was coastal Mississippi tourism. And uh, ultimately, I and a lot of other coast leaders were deeply concerned about what I referred to as systemic changes that led to Milton Segura's firing. He was the prior executive uh, director of, of the uh, tourism e- effort. Um, Harrison County uh, Supervisor Connie Rocco is up to, uh, up to it again. Uh, she's fiddling with the Coastal Mississippi Tourism Board. And what she did last week is the very reason I got focused on Coastal Mississippi Tourism Organization in the first place. Uh, it's embarrassing. And I'm really, um, really surprised, to be quite honest with you, that Beverly Martin and Board President Kent Jones uh, voted with Connie. To me, that's dumbfounding, and I'm I'm searching to understand better about it. Because if you go watch the video, it was clear that what Connie was saying conflicted with what Rebecca Powers was saying about about Brooke Schultz, the the, the chairman of the uh, the board, the current chairman. What Brooke Schultz uh, intentions were. Um, so, what was the rush? Why not work to get a better understanding of the stated reasons for what you know the situation and. Uh, so what Connie did was incredibly unacceptable. But I think her actions serve, actually, as a clarion call for change. I, I think if you really want to understand this, especially after what we went through last year, go to the Coastview Facebook page and watch the YouTube video that I posted. I actually have this note in there. But at two hours and 13 minutes into the meetings, when the, the conversation starts, um, I'm not at all surprised by this, unfortunately, sadly. Because I think the systemic problems that led to Milton Segarra's firing were not fixed. Too many elected officials, including actually some Harrison County legislators, worked too hard behind the scenes to sweep the issues underneath the rug, and and that is a that is a major issue. And uh, you know I think what they should have been doing is working to better understand the situation and to find out what can be tweaked about coastal Mississippi tourism. To help us solve the problem. We need leadership. I got a call from uh, Representative Manley Barton yesterday. Uh, He's a legislator from Jackson County. He's leading by example, uh, working to better understand the situation in a way that we would expect the other legislators to lead, and he should be. It seems to me more than interesting that some Harrison County legislators are working overtime to stop discussions about legislative fixes. If I was a legislator in Jackson County or in Hancock County, I'd be—I'd really want to know why. I'd want to dive deep, and certainly that's what Manley is doing. Meanwhile, inside the Coastal Mississippi organization, it's collapsing. It just in the last two weeks, the director of marketing, the senior marketing manager, the public relations manager, and the digital content manager all resigned. This is devastating news. These incredible employees were doing good work in spite of all the issues related to board governance. That enable too many, too much micromanaging by board members. It's not good. Maybe just maybe, folks will listen to me and many others in the business, tourism, and gaming communities who are deeply concerned about the wounds being way too fresh uh, in the in the wake of uh, the issues that led to Milton Segaris uh, firing. For something like this to already have raised its head, but again, I'm not surprised. Because nothing was fixed. We're going to all work overtime this time to make sure that nothing is, is uh, sweeped under the rug. So, Houston, we got a problem. More on this tomorrow when I talk to John. Harrison, We'll see you tomorrow to talk more about that. Now we're going to shift gears and move over to my friend, Angela Guy. She's the founder and executive producer for New Contacts. If you missed my first conversation with Angela, it was quite a treat. We're going to give you a little bit of a refresher on what some of her background is. But before we go any further, let me say good morning to my good friend, Angela. How are you doing?
2: Good morning, Ricky. So good. How are you?
1: It's great to see you. Hey, listen, the last time we talked, you guys are super creative. You had this wonderful setup that you were in. And today, once again, for people who are not uh, on uh, Facebook or, or YouTube, you're watching this, either listening to this on the radio or using a podcast, uh, you got a nice little background again. You know, you guys, you, you and your husband are incredibly creative. And do I see an Emmy behind you? Yes,
2: we uh, we won an Emmy uh, back in 2020 um, for a project we did with DreamWorks um, for International Women's Day, which is, like, extra special, of course, as a female business owner. Um, so, yeah, we can say we're Emmy Award winning now, which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so good to be back with you, Ricky, and, you know, interesting to hear everything going on da- down there on the coast. Obviously, you know, my family's been involved in the Tourism Commission, you know, Advertising business since I was basically born. So it's interesting to hear all the latest and look forward to chatting with you today.
1: Yeah, you heard my my comments at the beginning. I'm so deeply disappointed. Uh, I think I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's embarrassing that these things continue to happen. I do think there's some great leadership in coastal Mississippi. A lot of people are watching it closely. When you look, you know, Angela, when you look at, at at after the startup occurred, after we shut down, after the world shut down yep. for the pandemic, Mississippi actually was in the top three of recovery. And if you go start to look at what are the things that were driving that, tourism was driving that. And if you start looking at the numbers that drove that, Costa Mississippi drove that. So it's incredibly important for us to get this right. And we've got to quit having these these uh, dust-ups that are affecting too many people, and in the case of the Coastal Mississippi organization, specifically the fact that they've had this mass defection in the last few days of their entire marketing team, or at least most of them, it's, um, it's certainly their leadership is um, is not good. Not good to see. And your your dad, Reed Geist, as you pointed out, was deeply involved. Your mother as well, and so many so many years of promoting Coastal Mississippi and. Uh, Yeah, you had to have been proud of their leadership on that issue.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's obviously having lived in in L.A. for 20 plus years now and having brought so many people to coastal Mississippi over the years from, you know, L.A., New York, Europe. You know, my husband's from Sweden. So, you know, we've brought people from all over the world and everyone is always so blown away with the hospitality and it just continues to get better and better so you know it's so important to have good leadership and good marketing which is obviously my specialty um it's it's so important to have that and it's it's just a shame to not have a good team behind it so yeah. I you know, and there's so many people down there that I know that I'm personally friends with who are just, you know, including yourself and and lots of folks who just are trying to promote all of the good happening down there. And it's it should be an easy thing to do because yeah. so much well, happening and so much progressive in terms of the offerings. When you look at a city like Austin or Nashville or cities that have really like changed, especially during the pandemic. There is just such opportunity there to become a destination.
1: You know, you know, it's it's something um, that I talk about all the time. If you if you if you know, you you mentioned Austin and Nashville, and then there's Chattanooga, and there's many others that have created such a sense of place that in the new economy, we talk about this. The the, the people who are part of the new economy, you know, it could be creative people, it could be copywriters, it could be lawyers, it could be a wide range of people can really choose where they want to live. And what's happening here in coastal Mississippi, if you look at the collection of communities that you know very well that make up this wonderful place we call coastal Mississippi, mixed use and bringing vibrance back to downtown and density back to downtown, people want to live, work and play in a similar area that's happening. And you know, you've been, you, you make your visits to Biloxi regularly. What's happening in downtown Biloxi right now is unbelievable. And it's going to continue to be that way. So we are in a unique spot. We're, we have a unique setup. We're a coastal region that's this collection of great communities, each with their own special sense of place. And we can rival uh, a Nashville or an Austin if we keep things moving forward and we keep strategically focused. And we don't let things like this coastal Mississippi tourism issue continue to raise its head. We need to tweak it, fix it, do whatever we need to do so that it's behind us and can be focused on doing nothing other than promoting this great place. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Too much junk going on, unfortunately. But you know what, Angela? I enjoy celebrating people who've gone off to do amazing things and the work that you've done uh, building this great company and the people that you've worked with. Again, we'll review some of that. But you've done well. But before we go any further, I just want to say congratulations on being a mother. You, you guys just celebrated Father's Day. Um, man, it's got to be special.
2: It's you know it's been amazing. It's it's been all of the things that I expected and all the things I never expected. But he, you know, we're very blessed that he's just a great kid. And you know, I it was I I never kind of knew what it would be like to be a business owner, a very busy entrepreneur, you know, and, and being a mother, but it's, it's awesome. We're rocking it, you know, 95% of the time.
1: Well, your husband is a great husband. He's a wonderful father, and he's a business partner. When we come back, um, you can uh, tell us about your partnership with your husband and what new context is all about, and we'll kind of rebuild some of that base. And then we'll talk about some of the unique stuff that you've been involved in, certainly during the pandemic and how you created competitive advantage, and then you know, some of the stuff you're working on today. We'll be back with Angela Geist after this break.
3: Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop,
0: desktop, or on your phone or tablet
3: by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com.
0: His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast You I have my friend Angela Geis who lives in California. She's from Biloxi. She makes it back here all the time. Her father is Reed Geis, and uh, she's done incredibly well as an executive producer and a CEO, founder, actually, of a Los Angeles-based company called uh, New Context. Hey, why don't we tell people what New Context is, and then you can tell me the, the unique role your husband plays in that, in that organization.
2: So uh we are basically a, an advertising production company for television networks and uh and brands who do branded content for TV networks. So we do a lot of work with um the Walt Disney Company, ABC, Freeform, um, Hulu, Netflix um Viacom like now they're Paramount Paramount BET uh we just did uh so we basically shoot um video and key art for launches of a lot of big shows we we just did uh the Kardashians launch on Hulu which of course went on to be the the number one streaming show of all time on Hulu which is great so we did the key you know all the movie posters all the photography all the video, we just did the uh, marketing campaign for the Oscars this year with Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall, which was uh, pretty awesome. I got to hold an Oscar, so that was cool. Um, and we just did the promotional campaign for the BET Awards, which is airing this weekend. And we're kind of venturing into a little bit of long form if you're a fan of the show Only Murders in the Building. Um, we just shot the after show. Um, which is going to start airing this weekend. It'll be airing after all the episodes of Only Murders in the Building. I was, you know, Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. So pretty cool. Uh, You know, I grew up in the advertising world. Uh, My parents own an ad agency in Biloxi. So it's kind of, I never thought I'd end up back in advertising. I always wanted to make movies and features and whatnot, but it just, was I guess I just couldn't escape it so you know I'm I I saw my parents working together and it was never on my vision board that I would be working with my husband um who started out in video games and making apps and things like that um back in the sort of mid 2000s and when we got together you know kind of saw what I was doing and started writing treatments. And so in addition to, um, you know, his own projects, we also um, work together. He's a director. So um, he directs uh, a lot of our projects, especially the technical, you know, stuff that has like VFX or special motion control, motion capture, things like that. He's a very, he's a tech guy. So in addition to doing that, he um, also is kind of ventured into the NFT space, which is like a whole nother conversation I can't even speak to but would be an, an interesting guest for perhaps your listeners to hear about that world. Cause I'm just still trying to figure it out, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun gig, always working with different people, amazing creatives um, working on some of the biggest campaigns and entertainment um, in terms of television and streaming. So I'm very grateful.
1: So I know that, I know that time flies fast when you're busy. And you know, I was a CEO for 16 years of my career and you will know, look back and, and think, wow, what a whirlwind, you know, because when you're in the moment, it's hard to sit back and reflect and think about, you know, what you've been through. But you know, you go look at the list, and we went through the whole thing, and I won't, I won't list it out here. But you know, you went way beyond television and film. You worked with Lizzo. You actually got nominated for an MTV uh, VMA award. Foo Fighters, Blink One Eighty Two, Taylor Swift, Kanye West, Millie, Molly Cyrus, The Jonas Brothers, Nelly. The list goes on and on. But then the greats: Steven Spielberg and Robert Redford and Quentin Tarantino and. Jennifer Aniston, incidentally, it's interesting that Jennifer made the comment she made the other day about people who were famous who did nothing. But I thought to myself, wow, think of the Kardashians. Um, To create a brand that's worth over a billion dollars, that's doing nothing? (laughs) I would say they're actually geniuses, wouldn't you?
2: (laughs) I definitely would. And, you know, I'd always very much admired you know, Chris Jenner, who I think will go down as one of the great marketing geniuses of our time, um, and, and having created, helping her daughters create brands for themselves. I mean, it's a thing that was unheard of and, you know, they've used their show and their celebrity to create multi-billion dollar brands. So, you know, there's, there's always going to be controversy, you know, but how they say haters going to hate, <laughs> um, but you know, having met Chris and and seen what she's done and you know, just utmost respect for, for all those ladies. Cause they work extremely hard to do what they do for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is a whirlwind and, you know, we're celebrating this year, 16 years in business since I started new contacts back in 2006. And I was just thinking, you know, sometimes I do have to kind of just pinch myself because we get on these projects, we get on these jobs and you have to just take a moment where it's like, You do have to stop for just a second because the time just like, it's a blink. You mention all those people. And as you list them off, I can remember where I was and we were working together and all that, you know, it just, it all goes by so fast. The same as they say with kids, right? I'm like, my kid's almost a year old. I literally blinked, you know? And and here we are, almost celebrating his first birthday. But I think it's a, you know, you bring up a good point of just taking a time to have gratitude and 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 really take it in because our lives are always busy, no matter what you do.
1: But what I, what I see you what I see you doing as a mother, because of course you and our friends on on uh, social media. What I see you doing is what uh, well, I think all whether men or women who have kids who are working hard, especially CEOs, <laughs> but but you know people can be the CEO of their family or the CEO of a division of a company. You know what I mean? I mean, anyone can be a CEO of their world. But what I see you trying to do you, is working really hard to find the balance. But it, okay, so it, it's impossible to ever get balance. You, you know that. Impossible. But you're soaking up being a mother. It's clear that you are.
2: I really am. And you know what's interesting? I was nervous for many years, you know, it was a really long journey for us to have a child. And, you know, it was many during that process, you know, I was always just completely unsure of how I would do it because I am so committed to my job. And my job is really kind of, you know, my career, not my job. It's, you know, my life. It's really this business, my my team, my clients, it's, it's my passion and what I love to do. And so, you know, how do you fit a child into this and knowing that they're going to need a certain level. And it's interesting, you know, some people and particularly women, I was surprised by this would tell me like, Oh, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to replace yourself? How are you going to do both? Like, I wasn't getting a whole lot of like positive reinforcement of like how to balance how, I possibly could. So once it was go time, I knew that I just had to do it. And the thing is, is I think as women and maybe men too, we are capable of many, many things. And I think it's, you know, why not? Why not have it all? It is possible to have at all with, with the right support system, of course, um, which rolls deep, you know, my husband and, you know, having childcare and doing all of it also without having any family nearby. We're kind of on Mm -hmm. an island, families in Mississippi, his family's in Sweden. But I mean, if there's any, any comment I could say about it, it's really like you trust in yourself because you're going to find the energy to do it. And I think it's, it's most important too, for me to set an example for my son that you know I had such a uh, my mom was such a big figure in my life and I always saw her living her dream and living her her passion, which was you know being a badass business lady. and so, you know, I think it's a good role model for my son, you know, for, I, I have my energy that I spend with him. And then I have my energy kind of living my passion and my dream and, you know, hats off to stay at home moms though, because I honestly think that that job is a hundred times harder than my job. I, you know, I was with him for the, just a hundred percent for the, those first couple of months. And it is, that is a hard job. It's harder than what I do for sure. <laughs>
1: Hey, so that's something I'm curious about. I remember early in my career, I got some some very significant opportunities to work at the corporate level. And I remember one time I was in a meeting in Boston, and to the right of me was the chairman of the board, and to the left of me was the president of the company, and there were a few others in the room. And here I was sitting there, Ricky from Mississippi. And I remember thinking to myself, gosh, why? How did I get here, you know? Do I really deserve to be here? <laughs> you know, can I hang with these, you know, Harvard and Yale graduates and all these other folks? And um, I, I guess, I guess, you know, you have that feeling for for a time. That's you better fake it till you make it kind of the deal. Or you can feel, you know, everybody feels a stage of life where there a little bit of that imposter syndrome sets in. But the reality was, as I continued to work, I came to understand that my education was really good my ability to hang was as good as theirs and that i could be a leader even in this group which i've ultimately came to understand it took a while the other thing you know so uh, you, you'll you'll have a sense of where i'm going with this so that's there, one part of that i But when you're around really important people, in my case, the chairman of the board, or it could be in an editorial board with a governor, it could be meeting with a celebrity. When you're a publisher of a newspaper, which I had the opportunity to do at Three Coast Newspapers, and I had responsibilities for newspapers in five five, uh, states, you get the opportunity to be around a lot of celebrities. When we come back on the other side, I want to talk about your metamorphosis and some aspect of all of this as it relates to being around celebrities. And what does that mean to you? We'll come back to that on the other side.
3: for free to the coast view podcast on itunes google Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
0: this is coast view with ricky matthews on super talk mississippi gulf coast 103.1
1: Welcome back to Coast U. I have my friend Angela Geis, who's the founder, executive producer for a company she formed called New Context. When we first talked, we talked about from Balexi to Hollywood, and in some respects, back to Balexi, because she has this beautiful home that she's dealt with here. I think you actually have it for sale. Or maybe you sold it. I don't know. But it's beautiful. It was beautiful, whatever the situation is related to that. Her dad, Reed Geis, is a good friend, and she's done some amazing work. Hey, but during the break, we were talking about... That there's a lot of lessons to learn for anyone who's paying attention to this conversation There's a lot of lessons to learn. And one of them is that, you know, So oftentimes young people will say, man, I just I don't want to have to go through that. I want to be able to go be that I want to go have that position. And I often said, you can't skip steps. If you skip steps, you will eventually pay the piper. But you got to do your reps. You got to you got to you got to pay the piper. You've done that, haven't you?
2: Yes, I mean, I think it's interesting because we we have an internship program and we have interns that start with us, and I have a little speech, which is you know we all started out as in our business a production assistant, or you know in your business maybe it was just as an assistant or working in the mailroom or whatever that might be, and we all had to work our way up, and it's a lot of trying and learning and failing and. Uh, learning from every mistake, but there's definitely no, uh, you know. I think if you, if you're trying to skip steps, you're definitely not going to be successful in whatever career you might be attempting. Because <laughs> you learn so much along the way, right? From the so, successes and the failures.
1: So as I mentioned when we went to break, um, you've created sort of a competitive advantage. You you know what you're good at. You know what your sweet spot is. You know that, and. It, there's so many details to deal with and not just details but creativity that goes with it and so many stakeholders are pleased and so many subcontractors are, you it's a major operation when you set out to do what you do isn't it
2: it is and it just it just keeps getting bigger which is cooler you know I mean but it's also sometimes I do have to step back on set and you know we might have a hundred 120 people on our crew and you watch this symphony of you know, logistics and creativity and weeks, sometimes months of planning, um, to see it all come together and then see it on screen, um, and see people, you know, posting it or enjoying it, or, you know, it's such a cool process. It's, there's a show, we were talking about Paramount. There's a show called the offer on Paramount, which is about the making of the Godfather, which I really recommend if you haven't seen it. Yeah. But it's all about sort of this process, and in production, there was a great quote from that series where someone said, "You know, we all decided to, you know, join or leave our real life and join the circus." And um, that's kind of what production is: it's logistics, it's creative, um, it's all of it together, and it's uh, it's very exciting all the time. Never. never- uh-huh.
1: Oh, man. Uh, I looked up and saw my uh, low battery on my computer was on and I looked down. And it wasn't plugged in. So that's what I was doing. I'm sure it probably alarmed you to see me drop away for a second. You know, it, is, awesome. it is exciting. What you've been, it's what been, it's really exciting to see what you've been able to accomplish. Uh, the people that you've been able to work with the lessons that you, you know, eventually, you know, you ought to consider writing a book. Um you know and here we tell you, I thought about you recently Frozen we have grandkids so Frozen and Frozen 2 but in Frozen 2 below if you go to the streaming for Frozen 2 on Disney down below you'll see the making of Frozen 2 and it's a multi-part series of making of, of Frozen 2 it's incredible I've seen it a couple of times but the, the what goes behind <laughs> that it's a and it's 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 a year years long process But it is fascinating, the dedicated people that are engaged in it. The most creative, smart. Man, you work, Angela, you have to hang with some really smart people, don't you?
2: It's, we really do. And I I have to say, like, the level, it's been exciting the past few years as, you know, as we've grown and the projects are getting, are getting bigger and in more technical and things like that, you know, working with cinematographers who are Academy award nominated and things like, you know, just people who up your game. And I think that's another kind of, you know, as you do grow, it's, you know surrounding yourself with people who can help you help you grow right and in my business it's directors and and cinematographers and producers production designers so it's cool to be up leveling and and working with a lot of these folks who are so and,
1: and one last and one last thing in the short time we have left i often say that people who burn bridges amaze me because what comes around goes around you're in a relationship world explain to people in a very short period of time here how important it is to maintain relationship?
2: I I have to say that that's been one of the most important lessons and ethos that I've kept as a business owner, especially in this business, is I've never made an enemy. I I firmly believe that competition is BS and that there's enough work to go around for everyone. And that has served me uh, on so many levels um, when, and, and I feel like just, yeah, burning bridges, never a good, always make a friend. And I think that that takes it back to coastal Mississippi. It's just kind of how I was raised and, uh, and I'm grateful, grateful for, for my coastal roots, yeah, you ha- a good person. <laughs> because I know
1: your mother and your father. Well, yeah. your father is one of my dearest friends and. He is an an amazing mentor. There's no doubt about that. So anyway, Angela Geis, it's been great catching up with you. You have so many wonderful lessons. You should write a book sometime. Um, Maybe
2: you can tell me. You're good at that.
1: (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. We'll see you soon. Congratulations (laughs) on your success. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. Okay. So uh, tomorrow we have John Hairston. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com Super Talk MS Coast
0: 103.1. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Koshio. I have my friend Angela Geis with us. Uh, she is uh, from Biloxi, but she is the founder and executive producer of a company called New, New Context. They're Los Angeles-based, and they work with some of the some of the biggest media companies in the United States. When we came back, when, before we went to break, I was sort of explaining at a young age, as I started to sort of grapple with success and all of that, um, there's a point in that process where you sort of begin to arrive and start to see that you can hang and whatever. I'm sure you went through that yourself. The other, the other thing was is I would be around, um, you know, important people. I, I would say one, one of the one of the most significant sort of realizations I had it was the time I spent with George Bush after Hurricane Katrina. Met with him many, many, many times because I worked with Haley Barber on the recovery effort, and I always tried to sort of match this public persona that was emanating from George Bush with what I was experiencing on the ground. And it was always this dichotomy. I, I couldn't help it. I mean, what I was experiencing was different than what other people uh, would say about him. In fact, what I found was a very caring man who who really wanted to chat and enjoy life and whatever. But then again, there's been some other people I've been around that were so egotistical, you couldn't you couldn't cut, cut them with a knife. Um, tell me about that metamorphosis for you.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, it's interesting because, and I, I, the imposter syndrome and fake it till you make it. I mean, I think th- that's basically, you have to go through that in Hollywood for sure. I mean, in, in many different aspects of, you know, business, I'm sure, but especially out here. And I started New Context. Well, I started really producing when I was, before I even started the company, you know, I was probably like 24, 23 or 24, which in, is insane to me now, but you know, I, I would, I would do an interview. I remember, you know, doing one of my first maybe celebrity interviews. I think it was with Jack Black. And I was terrified almost to the point of being paralyzed. And and Jack Black is as cool and as nice as you would imagine him being, which was great. But know thinking back on that i'm like how how did i even get through that and now you know it's i don't get as starstruck i think as i used to because just as i've grown in my career and have you know worked with lots and lots of folks but i mean there's there's still moments where you know many moments throughout my career where i'm just like i really hope i'm projecting an air of knowing what i'm doing because i feel like i don't but then you go past it and you know, fifteen, sixteen years later, you know you're working with um, you know court at the corporate level you know what i mean uh presidents, ceos of of major networks those are the people that i get starstruck over now it's less the celebrities and more of you know let's say showrunners or i think when i got to meet the president of the academy that was kind of you know the academy uh motion pictures that you know it's kind of those moments now where you're like wow yeah. <laughs> that's this is this is big time you know
1: but you know why? You know why that is. It's interesting that you would say it that way because there is a point where you get sort of through the starstruckness of it all, and you know you find out they're people just like the rest of us, and yes. they have a unique job. You know, and I would say the pinnacle of that really is probably the Kardashians and Chris Jenner, as you mentioned a few minutes ago. I mean, what they've been able to accomplish, I mean, is undeniable. And people, people can say. Whether it's negative or whether it's positive, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. If they're talking about them, and they figured out that is the key to success, is quite amazing. But what I what I like about you, uh, Angela, and and this is sort of a geist trait, to be honest with you, you are soaking it up. And as a as a CEO who runs your own business and who's built this this company that you have today, I'm not surprised that you would be. More enamored with the CEO of a major media company because of what they've been able to accomplish. What I mean, just think of the path and the competition that they dealt with, and how they had to create competitive advantage for themselves. And now they're in that key position, and the, all these stakeholders that they have to please and in the strategic direction of the company, you know, Netflix is one of the companies I read about Netflix this morning and the the challenges they're having Paramount's One of the companies you're working for just six months ago, paramount to me was an old brand. And then Yellowstone comes along and they reestablished the way they do streaming. And suddenly paramount feels to me like a new brand. It's It's an amazing thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's for, it's, you know, and I think that that's, you have to be, consistently reinventing yourself to stay relevant. Right. And I think that that's, a, uh, you know, a lot of times we help launch new shows. Sometimes we're launching shows, you know, the Kardashians was a show that was on E for, you know, 15 years and now they're at a new home. So it's, you know, I feel like with my own brand, and and with even your personal brand, right? It's like you were once, uh, you know, newspaper publisher. Now you've got a talk show. It's like you have to just constantly be evolving, which is is kind of what is exciting about having a career that sort of spans decades, right? Is you see the industry change, you see uh, attitudes and marketing change. So to me, yes, yeah, seeing you know. Seeing the the people behind the curtain, I guess, who are making those decisions and being in the rooms with decision makers mm-hmm. uh, and being part of those conversations to me now is what really excites me about the level in which we're working with, which is so cool. And there's so many more women now, which is exciting. Um, to just be around and kind of, I'm still soaking it in and we're all, you know, I'm sure as you are, I'm just always learning and, and taking it all in. Um, and of course, trying to be a role model to, to those that are coming up too, you know, which, which is so weird because I just had a conversation <laughs> yesterday and like, you know, someone on my team, they're just like, I love listening to you talk. I love, I love just, you know, your you're such a role model. And I'm like, Whoa, when I started hearing that word, I was like, I don't feel that old. Am I old enough to be a role model? Cause in my head, I'm still 25. You know
1: what I mean? <laughs> oh man. I thought the same thing many, many times, but you know, what's interesting. You mentioned, certainly you see more women who are who are succeeding greatly, but what I know about you, if you look back in your career, you have a woman card, but you never played the woman card. You never played it. But I want to look at the woman car for a second. How tough was it? How tough is it from time to time? How tough are you? How tough do you have to be? Talk about that for a second.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think especially when I started the company, I was 26 and literally didn't know better. And I'm glad I took the risk. But, um, you know... There weren't a, there's still not a lot of female owned production companies in the space that we're in. And I think even in the commercial production company in the feature film industry producer wise, it's still a very small percentage. So, you know, I, I have to say I'm lucky that in the sort of broadcast uh, cable world, it was always run by a lot of women in the marketing departments. I don't know why, but a lot of women in charge. So that really helped give me the confidence. I had this great network of social, a social network of women who wanted to see me succeed. Um, and that was cool. But then when you get into the production world and something we talk about a lot in our industry, there's not a lot of female directors. There's not a lot of female producers. Um, So a lot of that is changing. It's taking a long time. But, you know, I do feel like there's a boys club that, you know, even still some people that maybe don't like working with women who don't like taking, you know, sort of direction from women. Um, but it's getting, the boys club is getting a lot smaller and, you know, I think you do have to prove yourself a little bit extra. You do have to definitely be the smartest one in the room a lot of times. And, you know, I'm sure that it's that way across many industries, but it's, it's been happening since, you know, a long, long time before me, but I do feel like the attitudes are changing and it is, it is getting easier, I hope, like based on, you know, the way my grandmother, my mother, my aunt, you know, these people who I know have paved the way for, you know, my generation and the next one. So yeah, you do have to work a little bit harder, but it's, but I think that it's the way women run a business, at least I feel like we take a certain care or at least I'm not going to say the collective we, but I know that the way that I do it in my, The way I run a production, I've been told, is different, you know, than let's say a man would run it. Like the nurturing of my crew, of my clients, of, you know, I think that combined with what we talked about on the last episode that we did together, um, is that special Coastal Mississippi secret sauce of hospitality. makes it just a little bit special.
1: Yeah, I referred to that then as the nice factor.
2: Yeah, just, it's, it's just it's in really, our DNA. <laughs> it's really, it's that and authentically liking people. Like,
1: yes, I think yes.
2: Something I definitely, obviously got from my dad, but you know, I think it's just in the DNA of coastal Mississippi. Is we like talking to people, just like you were talking about President Bush. You know, it's like you, we're just nice people.
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So look, you have in your company created competitive advantage. You do something very unique. And the beauty of what you do is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, at the end of the day, you got to produce. You got to produce something that the people who are involved, your customers, your stakeholders, are pleased with and get results. That's what you do. That's why you've built this incredible organization that has had. Um, you know, enduring partnerships with some of the biggest media companies in the United States. For the final segment of today's show, we'll kind of come back to that a little bit because I think that's the key to her success. We'll see you after this.
3: You can also listen live to Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast.